All right. We are live. Hello and welcome to the month of May coffee chat. We have our coffee prepared. That was the reason for the main delay here. Uh, Diego, I just got a message from him. He's going to be coming on. But at the minute, we have me, Justin. We have uh, Doug, Need Money 90. And we have Scott, XMR Scott. So we're going to get you kicked off here. I'm going to go over a quick recap of last month's events. And then I'm going to pass it off to Need Money 90 to describe one of the recent initiatives that he had that I thought was very interesting. Um, but just going through my notes here very quickly. Um, so first, we had the Moneroversary on April 18th. That was a fantastic success. It was the first time as a community we really came together and tried to have a very large event. So we had, like in total, about five or six hours of live stream events. All of those have been um, are available on the same channel that you're watching currently, and also. I've divided the showcase events into different segments. So if you want to watch just Diego's segment, or if you want to watch just a Fluffy Pony's segment, you can watch those specific segments rather than trying to filter through a, a four-hour live stream. But I had a lot of fun. Um, Doug was able to join us. Diego was able to join us. It, it was very interesting. Uh, also, other things that are happening. Uh, the Monero Conference is now except is now offering ticket sales. So if you're interested in going to a dedicated Monero conference in uh, June, definitely check out MoneroCon.com with a K uh, instead of a C. The 22nd through the 26th, was it? Or was it the 20th? Yeah, let me check that. Let me actually get yeah, that. Let's, let's actually 22nd get that and 23rd, I'm pretty uh, sure. Okay, 22nd and 23rd. That's, and it yeah, in, in uh, what's the city? It's in uh, Denver. Denver. I just posted a link uh, in the chat. Perfect. Other fun news. Uh, there's this one wallet called Wookie. I don't, I downloaded the wallet and played around with it a little bit, but they have a new open source wallet available for iOS and Android. The UI looks pretty interesting. So I think it's worth checking out. Um, but of course we want to recommend some caution with using new wallets, but they've, done a decent amount of work at getting uh, the code available for people to look through and things. So hopefully that we'll have another maintained Monero, Android, and iOS wallets in the future. Have either of you tried out the, the Wookie wallet yet? No, I, I don't use Android wallets just because of, you know, Google owning the OS and then security <laughs> around that. But yes, so hopefully someone else has that can speak for it. Okay. Yeah, we'll come back to what we can do about not using Android later in the future. Have you comment a little bit on some of the Librem developments? Um, uh, okay, other things. Um, so Mastering Monero uh, released the free version of their PDF, and they also have an ebook available. So let me go to uh, masteringmonero.com. Uh, you can now have a full copy of the book for free, um, which I think is, is very interesting. Um, yeah, the full copy of the book, which is very interesting. It's, it's available for free. Read through it, learn about Monero. It's a great starting resource in addition to all the other online resources there. And if you do want a paperback or something, you can still pick one of those up because those are also pretty fun. Um, also, Monero was added to the Exodus wallet, which um, is, is a multi-coin wallet. It's closed source, unfortunately, but they have been trying to sort of teasing Monero integration for many years. 
And a few months ago, it was added to their Eden, which is a, their beta testing wallet. But now it is incorporated in their main wallet. So it's another option that if you like the UI uh, that they have and are okay with a closed source wallet, it, it would potentially be a really good option for you. Um, also, the Monero network has been blowing up a little bit recently. The, <laughs> a few weeks ago, Monero had about 4,000 transactions per day. Now it's up to about 15,000. So it's pretty remarkable. And Degenerate gamblers. <laughs> seriously. So a large cause of this increase is due to a new service that Monero core team member Binary Fate made. It was an independent initiative that he did. And it's called Minko.2, and it allows people to place bets for a Plinko board. And uh, they'll send a Monero transaction to make the bet, and then based off the results, they'll get another transaction back. So this has generated a large number of transactions. Um, it's also encouraged people to send transactions with 16 outputs because they want to make 15 bets at a time. So the number of Monero transactions has really blown up probably for a number of reasons, but this certainly is a large factor. And I think you can just assess that by seeing the activity on the website. So that's pretty interesting too. Um, and then uh, in relation to sort of Monero Research Lab news, Serang, uh, Brandon, and I finally recorded another episode of Breaking Monero. So Breaking Monero episode 11 was out on Monday that's a mailbag episode where we answer questions that people ask throughout the, the, the videos that we had recorded up to that point. We hope to record more in the future. We have a long list of things we just need to get to at this point. So yeah, that sounds fun. Yeah, we need more ways. We, we need to keep breaking Monero in more ways. And then in other com community news, uh, the Monero GUI work group and the Monero localization work group started having their own meetings. So make sure to... Keep an eye on for those. I'll, I'll link the GitHub um, issues where people post a lot of the meeting links so that you can keep it, keep track. If you are interested in participating in the GUI work group or the localization work group, it's a great place. It's a great idea to go to the meetings so you can learn what they're doing, what changes they're proposing, and how they're trying to overall improve the work group. So now that we've gotten most of the news out of the way, I want to first say that um, of course, this is a Q&A session, so if you have questions, ask them in the YouTube chat, and we'll do our best to answer them. And um, with that out of the way, I would like to ask Doug to explain one of the initiatives he did for the uh, Moneroversary a few weeks ago. He made a puzzle. So can you explain sort of what the puzzle was and what the results were? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so there is still who has uh, left to be paid out. My apologies, there was an issue with my transaction sending. Sorry, uh, Iverson, uh, it will get transferred soon. Everybody else has been paid out for the puzzle. So it was a three-part uh, encrypted archive. Uh, the first part was a fairly easy crossword. There were some difficult questions involving Barolos. Um, once you solved the crossword, it gave you the password to the first layer of the archive, and that contained a uh, hash that you had to brute force. Um, it had a pre-image with the Minoroversary word. Um, so you had to somehow use a hash cracking program, and uh, when you found the pre-image of the hash, it would let you into the second archive, where you had to generate a custom Monero, uh, or sorry, a... a uh, custom hash that started with characters that 
reference to your username. Um, so people couldn't share answers. Uh, I wanted to make the last part of the puzzle like you had to actually do your own work. Um, the people who finished the puzzle were entered into an interesting game theory game. Uh, if anybody around was uh, a participant in the game and you're in chat, I would love to hear what your uh, perspective was. Who is that? Is that Diego? It is. Welcome. Um, yeah. So uh, in in uh, on on the subject of puzzles, I am speaking with a couple other people, Shiruto and DSC at the moment, about creating a Monero puzzles work group. Uh, where we design puzzles and either release them uh, weekly in Diego's Reviewo uh, or have uh, monthly or quarterly puzzles released to the community as an outreach thing so that we can actually attract some bright minds to the community, uh, well, given the proper intellectual stimulation. If you're interested, shoot me a message. Uh, my username is needmoney90 on IRC and Reddit uh, and Telegram as well. So, yeah, hit me up. Uh, Diego, I think uh, I think it's probably time for you to go and step in. I don't think I need to uh, introduce you. What? Well, I, I want to first say, like, that puzzle work group sounds fascinating to me. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Do you, are, are, so one of the things I was considering is splitting it into three, three parts so that you can have one work on a, a puzzle, uh, a second that can actually test it, and then a third that's actually able to do it in production, and we can cycle off on that. So that, like, there's, I mean, if you're in the work group, you wouldn't be able to do the puzzles, and all the people who would be wanting to do the puzzles would be in the work group. So it's uh, kind of a conundrum. I mean, I don't, I'm sure that you've spoken to Diego a little bit about this with the Royal, but I like the idea of having a little puzzle on the bottom of those for people to do. Yeah. It's a more, it's a bigger reason for people to check every week than a, a meme or a, I don't know what else people use. The Sunday crossword. <laughs> the uh, the need money ninety crossword. <laughs> need crossword ninety. <laughs> need ninety crosswords or fifty two crosswords for each week. Okay. Um, yeah. Thanks for joining us, Diego. Can you do a brief introduction yourself? Yeah, can you guys hear me okay? Yes, we can. All right, great. Um, my name is Diego. Um, most people know me by my handle, Rurar. Um, I do a lot of things. I do UI UX stuff, I do website stuff, I do community stuff, anything I can sink my hand into that is not coding, because I don't like coding, it's boring. To me, um, no offense to all those who do like coding, you do you, you do what makes you happy. You know, so um, that's kind of, I just I just do whatever I can around the community, uh, try to be a familiar face. Um, I um, recently I'm working on a lot of different DEF CON stuff. Um, and there's a meeting right afterwards where I get to present some of the work that I've done, yay. So um, I don't know if Justin has already mentioned that, but by all means, Go to the meeting if you are interested at www.gotoallofthemeetings.org. Um, that's not where it is, actually. Uh, I don't know if that site exists, but you can you can check and, and let me know. Um, oh, yeah, wait, is there... Paris, this thing just stole all my Monero. Oh, shoot. Oh, yeah. I forgot that I set up that website to steal people's Monero. <laughs> oh, lucky me. Um, was there anything in particular that we were discussing? or? Uh, sorry, I came late. Um, I forgot to set my alarm, so I'm here fresh out of bed. You, I am the freshest that you are ever going to get me right now. 
um, which is, yeah, so. <laughs> uh, but, but I'm here. Need Money Man does this all the time. He just rolls into meetings like 30 minutes late. He's like, sorry, guys, I'm going to sleep. Come on, it's Saturday. And, but anyway, yeah, uh, what are we talking about? What, what's going on, guys? Let's, 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 let's talk. We just started off with a recap of the past month's events. So I basically went through your revoir headlines, and then we had uh, Need Money 90 discuss this puzzle. I still need Scott to introduce himself. And after you introduce yourself, Scott, can you talk about all the fun stuff you're doing with the Librem 15? Because I think there's a lot of overlap and interest there. Um, yeah, sure. <clears throat> I'm My name is Scott. Uh, I just... Very, very small contributor, just dabble in random things, uh, maintaining the Japanese translations uh, mainly, um, and then DEF CON stuff. Uh, as far as the, the Librem 5, so the 15 is the laptop, but um, actually I was just talking with DSC over uh, IRC in the GUI I, uh, channel, and I was trying to figure out what the status was, because um, I haven't... I haven't honestly haven't really heard anything about the Monero kind of integration efforts, and it sounds like Rayrar might actually, as it happened to be, be the best person to contact according to DSC. Uh, but anyways, um, yes. <laughs> Sorry to throw you under the bus, Rayrar. Uh, but yeah, I don't really have any. Unfortunately, good status updates, and it seems like either DSC or Rayor are probably the best people to talk about it. I'm trying to figure out. Oh, oh no, we just <laughs> left him away. away. Just keep talking, man. Just keep talking. Yeah. So, but yeah, um, there are efforts underway. It sounds like, according to DSC, um, I personally would like to get more into it, which is actually why I was starting to ask because I know the Librem Five is planning to launch Q3, whether that's you know oh, early I doubt Q3 it. or late Q. Yeah, I I'm mean, really doubting it. Like they they haven't, as far as I'm aware, even finalized the the full board of their phone for hooking into the baseband. Yeah, this is still an open question. I I as as much as I want to hold out hope, I don't I don't think Q3 is going to happen. We'll see. Maybe they'll pull a rabbit out of their hat, but I doubt it. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Oh yeah, I've been mainly focusing on other efforts, open source efforts. <laughs> Scary rare. Um, yeah, so I mean, I've been focusing on OpenStreetMap currently, just because Arizona's maps suck, in uh, OpenStreetMap to help de Googleify. Uh, but yeah, um, once Rayar can stick a landing in Ditsy, hopefully we can. He can talk after he has his own talk of whatever he wants to discuss. <laughs> Hey, so I just want to check. Sorry to interrupt. Somebody said my mic was really quiet. Is it better now? Yes. Yeah. All right. Beautiful. So, what, what, what did you throw me under the bus for? I could, I could talk about it. Oh, because uh, I was talking to DSC, and, and I honestly don't. I, it's, I've come in kind of in the dark about the efforts with um, getting a Monero GUI on more of a, a, a mobile-friendly oh, Monero yeah, 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 GUI. Yeah. So, so DSC and I have kind of discussed that, and he says it's doable. It's not necessarily – he says he can do it. Um, it's just going to take some time. So it's up to kind of the people that funded him to work. Like, okay, what is priority? Is is some of the other stuff that he's working on priority, or is getting this kind of mobile-friendly priority? And um, he, says it's, he says it's possible. So um, I personally think mobile stuff, let's make it happen, right? Um, 
with the GUI because that'd be fantastic. But uh, other people are free to disagree. And let's, I, I don't know, what, what do you guys think um, in terms of GUI things, like what takes priority? Like I know he's working on some re uh, redoing some of the screens um, and trying to improve usability things. But now his iPhone is, has a CCS proposal to work on the GUI. So everybody should go to ccs.getmonero.org and throw money at Zyphon. He is a master at everything. He's just the greatest of the greats. So give him money so he can work on our stuff, please. That'd be fantastic. Um, so we can have more people doing this kind of thing. Um, yeah. Uh, it's Isn't really it? up to the community. No, go ahead. Keep going. Yeah. It's really up to the community about um, whether we want DSC to work on something like that, uh, which honestly I think should be pretty top priority because uh, Purism wants to ship a Monero wallet by default and standard inside of all of their software, meaning phones and laptops and stuff. Meaning if somebody purchases one of their products, one of the things that comes pre-installed on their Pure OS is going to be a Monero, lap uh, a Monero wallet. Like you're going to have they're going to have pre-installed their browser they're going to have pre-installed their their uh text editor and monero is also going to be there and of course if somebody doesn't want it they could just delete it but it's going to be there which means every person who get, gets purism anything is going to be exposed to monero in a small capacity i think that's pretty huge so uh, in my opinion it's like is this worth it's worth doing i definitely agree um, Purism's doing like some very interesting stuff. Or did so the plan was to actually include it in their laptops as well as their phones. That that's news to me. When I when I spoke with Todd, the CEO of Purism, he says first up would be phones, but then somewhere down the line would be laptops as well. I've got it. One. This is an, a related topic. One thing that I think would make a really interesting wallet UI. And this isn't something that's within DSC's scope, so he doesn't need to panic. And this is just me, you know, waving a magic wand at the moment. But I think it would be really cool to have a wallet and it, perhaps an advanced wallet that is focused on output management. So it'll say like, instead of here's your balance, send, receive, et cetera, it would just be like, here are your outputs, sort of as if you had a, a wallet with dollar bills in them. And it'll be like, oh, well, this this output is incoming. This specific output will be unlocked under this time period. Or you could more easily do sweep single for specific outputs or view the outputs per sub-address. I think that would be a really advanced tool that people would really benefit, uh, like a, even a remotely decent UI for. I think it could really help some users manage their outputs better. Because the GUI... The GUI is good at being a nice, simple UI, and maybe the intent isn't to handle the advanced users. I know most of the CLI is for that, but I think even advanced users would like to have a better overview of how their outputs are, are handled, and I think a visual representation of that could be very beneficial. Yeah, good interviews are useful. Yeah, have, have you anyone thought about how that UI could potentially look? I don't know if anyone's ever considered a... A sort of not, per output wallet. Not once in my life have I thought about this wallet. But it does sound interesting because it kind of it, it makes some form of sense. Like you said, you know, you open your wallet, 
uh, your physical wallet and you don't see I have $50, $53, you don't like it doesn't tell you the total. It's like, oh, I got a 20, I got a 20, I got a, And you add it up in your head. Um, yeah, yeah, it kind of kind of makes sense. Um, yeah, I, I, I think I mean, I'm not saying don't include a total, but I mean, I think it would be interesting to be like, I want to select these specific outputs to pay the specific Wait, person. Do, do we not have uh, integrated coin control? There is in the CLI. Okay, okay, yeah. So this would be just a, a GUI interface for the coin control. Got it. And it would make things like viewing per sub-address ideally simpler because the CLI allows you to identify outputs and send those specifically, but it, I, th I personally feel that there could be more work with the sub-address component of it. But sub addresses, wow. sub addresses are a, they're really, really tough, um, UX wise, because they are very similar to integrated addresses, um, very similar, not the same and that they can allow you to, they can be used in such a way that it, it, you can give different ones to different people and now know who your money is coming in from and for. And, and an example of that is the current crowdfunding system. If you go there, sub addresses are used and that's how we sort which money goes to which um, proposal. Uh, <clears throat> and in, in UX, in the field of UX, it's generally very ill-advised to use, to have two different things that perform the same function. Um, I mean, if it's a slightly different function, then that's fine. But two different things that perform the same function, even if they work vastly differently under the hood. Because what that means is now the user, every single time they want to use that function, they, they have this arbitrary choice that adds some cognitive load to the, if, if you include both of them in the design. So like if, if a wallet only uses integrated addresses and doesn't have something for sub addresses, oh, great, that's great, fine, whatever, and vice versa. But if both of them are included, then the, every time the user uses this, there's this like slight hesitation, which one should I use? And then they're gonna, they're gonna kind of develop their own pattern and then they're gonna tell people to use that pattern when they show them the wallet and stuff like that because that's just what they know. And then somebody else is gonna be like, oh, but I use this one. And they're like, oh, well, is there, is there any difference? And they're gonna go ask questions. And it's, it's, it, it's not a good idea to do this. Um, you want to reduce cognitive load everywhere, as many places as possible. And I understand that sub addresses also have different uses. It's just like, there's been discussions in the GUI and there's been discussions about, okay, should we remove things like integrated addresses altogether since sub addresses do everything they do and other things, or should we leave them in? And some people are like, well, it's kind of good to have both. And maybe it's good to have both on the plumbing level, but it's never good to have both on the design level. One of these days, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hop on this camera. I actually just talked with SGP about this yesterday and I'm gonna have a UX rant. And I'm just gonna, I'm gonna teach people the foundations of UX, kind of how it works and, uh, the the struggles that open source faces the the benefits that open source has and the struggles that cryptocurrency and especially monero face with ux because it's it's a, it's a long topic guys it's a long topic and it's not simple at all let me know when you want to have it so that uh i can schedule it for you <laughs> i think a lot of people are interested in the ui ux even if even if they aren't UI UX experts, I think people are drawn to really nice interfaces. And I think they, they love visual representations of things. So 
I think there would be a decent amount of interest there. Also to know sort of what, what goes on behind the scenes in order to make a, a UI that they ideally don't need to think about work. Like all the thinking that goes into making them not think in a way. I don't know, was that, was that poetic? I don't know. <laughs> you know, it, but it was, it was accurate. It's, it, people would be shocked, I think, into how much time and money is poured into. So that slick interface that you never have to think of on that app that you love, that everything looks great, everything. And, and actually, the funny thing is you probably have never thought to yourself how smooth it is or how great it looks. Because the interface, the goal is to get out of the way. If you think about the interface, then the interface has probably failed um, nine times out of 10. Unless you're thinking like, just this looks gorgeous. Um, which the funny thing is, looking gorgeous, looking beautiful, looking like a work of art, if it detracts from the user experience, if it makes things more confusing for a user, then it's a failure of a design, no matter how good it looks. Right. The goal is that the user um, can accomplish every goal that they have with the app, even if they've never used it before, with a trial and error time of one. Um, and if it's more than that, then there's there's a failure in the design somewhere there. So, so much time, so much testing, so much A-B testing is poured into um, getting this right. And this is something that open source does not do well for several reasons, but um, it's something that Monero can do well, and we have the opportunity to do well. So you're very, you're very correct, Justin. Good job. I give you a golf clap. Yeah, thanks. So one person asked in chat, would there be some system benefits to the idea? I just floated out there. Um, if you could select what outputs to actually use in payments, and I answered maybe there might be some benefits to that if you purposefully are trying to select outputs in a way that reduces the total number of transactions or total size of transactions you're sending but that would be a really really small benefit um if one at all so i think just the higher management of outputs would be the main benefit and that would be a really really small potential tiny benefit that some users might see but are it's probably not likely to materialize too much. So it's a really small added benefit. Um, okay, um, let's see. Other, There aren't too many other questions that are coming in, so make sure you ask questions if you'd like us to get to them. We have plenty of time. Otherwise, we're going to be hearing about UI, UX the whole time, which is okay. It's okay. It's an important topic. Um, now, Diego, I want to ask, is it okay if I spill the beans on some of the Monero Village stuff because it's going to come out in an hour anyway? Yeah, Justin, I want to I want to answer. Um, it's it's okay for you to do that. Okay, it's cool. Okay. So it's okay if I share that document. Oh, uh, uh, don't share the document. Okay, but you can. Uh, yeah, we're maybe doing some last minute tweaks. Okay, uh, as as we speak. So. Can I share the slogan? And, do you want to share the slogan and stuff? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, actually, I think I can go. I think we can go ahead and share. I put on the the imger, the imger. How do you say that? Like, um, one of the things there. Just one second, I'll get that up for it's you. It's imger. Their their site explicitly says it's pronounced imger. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm, I'm serious. Is this like one of those GIF GIF type things? No, no, it's it's obviously GIF. 
That's that's it, not it that's not a debate. GIF. That's not a debate. It's just obviously GIF. It it is obviously GIF. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest. Okay, so I'm gonna share in this chat for you all a a Im, Imger link. Let me see if I can share that on the chat. I I should be able to approve it even if you can't. I can't. Okay, let me share it on the Jitsi and okay. then I can Justin will share it on the chat. All right, so there's this Imger link, and it's this logo thing, and you're gonna look at it, and you're gonna go, "Whoa, what, 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 what the heck is this?" All right, everybody, let me talk with you kind of about this whole idea that this year I wanted, and I proposed this idea, and it was met with decent results in the last meeting. I think this idea that the Monero Village at DevCon should kind of have this overarching theme. It should have this. Um, the that the t and, and and the theme is going to be very loosely binding meaning like we're not going to conform conform absolutely everything to it but it would be very beneficial and very helpful to have a a start a foundation of a rubric with which we can kind of look at talks with which we can um look at uh the design and the branding and the banners and and what goes on the table and what sponsors we get um and the theme that I propose, that I'm going to propose a little later today. So I proposed one yesterday, uh, last meeting, which was a couple of weeks ago, and it was met with good response, but poor wording. And admittedly, I had I had spent all of like 10 minutes on the wording because I was focusing on something else at the time. Um, <clears throat> but the um, what I've kind of settled on is foundations of digital money. And digital is kind of parenthesized, so it can be removed and for foundations of money. And in this theme we're going to be kind of looking into this idea that there's so many different things, fields, ideas that make Monero what it is. And all of them come together. Um, all of them come together and sometimes not completely cohesively, sometimes not 100%. All of them come together on their own um, to form Monero and what it is. Um, Sorry, once again, I, I just woke up not long ago. So I, I'm, if you haven't noticed, I'm having trouble speaking um, somewhat. Oh, some of these um, some of these fields are more vetted and they've been around for longer, like 30 years. And it's like, it's like certain cryptographies that we use. And some of them, Monero is really pushing the frontiers on there. It's not super solid. You know, we're um, things like random X, things like um, uh, bulletproofs, which we didn't make, but we are we're the first implementation of. And some of these things, they're not so thoroughly vetted. They're still taking shape. The over... The overall goal, the overall idea is if you take a step back, it's still there and you can still see it. But the, these fields in and of themselves are not 100%. Uh, just like everyone knows what they are and what they do. So bringing all of these fields together, sometimes in good ways, sometimes in ways that aren't, aren't they don't click 100% yet, um, is the whole idea behind this branding, behind this theme. Um, we do understand that the the we are going to make a, a couple of tweaks here. Uh, for example, probably not before the meeting, for example, the uh, the dots and the stripes are going to be slightly less loud. They're too black right now. They jump at you and they're going to kind of be pulled a little bit more into the background um, just, just so you can kind of get... <laughs> this, this is the kind of stuff, the tweaks that go on in my head as I'm looking at these things. Um, but uh, that, that's the overall idea behind the branding and behind the... Um, not just the branding, but the the theme in general is that we want to have a lot of foundational talks because last year when we were at DefCon, a lot of people didn't know what Monero was. They didn't know what it was doing. They didn't know why. Um, and 
So really kind of looking into what are the core economics behind Monero? What is the core game theory behind Monero? What is the core cryptography behind Monero? What are the core privacy technologies behind the Monero? And how do they all kind of come together into one big hole? Um, not H-O-L-E, but W-H-O-L-E. How do they come together into one hole? Um, and so that, that I think, is, is the theme that I'm pushing for. And maybe the community won't like it. Maybe the community will hate everything that I do. That's totally fine. Um, but that's kind of where we are. That's kind of what I'm going to be uh, proposing. And this one particular logo and branding like guidelines that I made are just that. They're Well, they're just kind of suggestions. And people, other people are free to um, use them or make up their own stuff just completely separately. Obviously, I can't force anybody to do anything. Um, but... Yeah, if you have comments on this, by all means, come to the DEF CON meeting afterwards and you can uh, rip the designs to shreds and the guidelines to shreds and all these things. And I, I, I won't take any offense, but um, yeah, that's, that's, that's all I got in regards to that, um, in regards to the theming and the goals and the guidelines and the branding and stuff. And is there, are there any comments about that? Um, first of all, I want to, I'm, I'm going to talk while leaving this up so people can see it very briefly and then I'll take it down again. Um, but thanks Diego for sharing that. I know you put a lot of work into this so far. And I think that the new slogan that we've, that, that you've really helped come to is great because it clearly shares what Monero is. It's just making the foundations of money or digital money. And also it, really emphasizes that there are many elements that go into making this possible, whether they're the technological elements or they are the design elements or the economics elements. There's many different components that are at play here. So I think it's a really good, uh, a really powerful image to be sharing to people at DEF CON, um, which I think is really cool. So I'm glad that you're able to show that, show that quick preview with everybody. You can see my face again. So uh, who designed it? Who did the design? Um, my wife and I. We did the design, oh, okay. um, and we we purposefully. I we we made this. Oh no no go for it. Sorry. I thought this would be from Maria. I oh. didn't. I didn't realize that it was uh, other people. Oh yeah, Maria and I were we're designers. We make stuff. Um, for those who I I we we made this with the understanding and idea that we we're probably controversial in terms of the design choices that we did. Um. And, and we kind of did that on purpose because it's something that you look at and the more you look at it, the more it kind of makes sense. But there are also some things that don't quite sit right with you about it. And in a sense, that's kind of Monero to a lot of people. Um, so the the logo itself is, is supposed to kind of represent a lot of the um, uh, what Monero is now to a lot of people. Um, and it doesn't doesn't sit well with some people because it's like, well, just some some elements are kind of they kind of don't sit right with me or they, they kind of stand out in a, in a weird, funny way. Um, and, and that's kind of what Monero is. You know, people have the big major questions. How is this? How does Monero fit in this world with the with the governments that we have, with the whatever that we have? You know, like um, so it, it is it is supposed to reflect that somewhat. And it, it was deliberate. The, the, the color choices were very um they're deliberately light, they're deliberately airy, they're um, deliberately contrasting. And so we understood that this would probably not be a 
completely like unanimous everyone loves this type thing because it's it's meant to be a conversation starter in and of itself not just okay why was this designed this way but why is monero the way that it is why why did we choose the things we did about monero private by default all that different kind of stuff anyway i i i don't want to keep going and going about um design stuff but yeah um my wife and i we designed this one um another uh, as you can probably tell if you're watching this, a lot of recent community effort has gone into both the Confranco that's coming up in June and the DEF CON uh, village that is in August. So that's where we have a lot of stuff to talk about because that's where a lot of our personal time has been. So if you have other perspectives, if you have other concrete ideas, we'd love to have those and we'd love to have your help in either participating to some of the other existing projects that we have or contributing to others. Um, in relation to the DEF CON thing too, um, I'm going to announce this during the meeting. Um, I've shared the link with some people to begin with just to make sure that it looks okay. But the DEF CON call for presentations and volunteers will be opening very soon on uh, the website that Diego is also finishing very soon. And in it, uh, one thing that I want to stress for this year at the DEF CON, uh, at the DEF CON Village, which I hope other people think is also a good idea, is that I want to create sort of stations so that instead of having necessarily talk to talk to talk all lined up in a row, that we would have a talk and then some station time where you can go around, maybe go to the Monero Research Lab table and talk with some of them about uh, some technical components. And then you would go to the Monoruyo table, perhaps, and you would talk about that application. And then maybe you would then go to uh, the GUI table and they would talk about what they're doing and then the hardware table, so on and so forth. That way, people can jump in and out much more organically, and people can have a much wider variety of who to talk to whenever they're really interested, rather than having it focused around a specific talk. So the talks are still really useful. We're still going to have them. But I think that it would be really cool to add this additional uh, element, sort of like you're in elementary school, and you keep rotating tables around the room to have your different stations. I think that actually will be very valuable in, in a village setting. So I'd love to hear some other thoughts in the chat on if you think it's a good idea to have this relatively more, more approachable format for people to come in and bounce around a bit. Um, uh, Diego's coming back in a second here. Um, so Doug, I know that we've talked a little bit like on IRC about these things. Do you, if you had to plan your sort of Monero village space, how do you, how would you plan it to get the most out of it? Uh, I think probably having more than, uh, how many days does it go over? Uh, three or four. Four, yeah. Yeah, if it's a four-day span I, I, and we're doing hours and hours a day, I don't think we're going to be able to squeeze much more than much more content than three stages out um, or, or three potentially ongoing things. I Maybe it could be like rotating. We have three stages. Uh, one of them is always giving a talk and then it, you can have people just discuss the previous talk that happened as we rotate through them. Um, because I, I, I want to avoid people having scheduling conflicts and being forced to choose between one of two different presentations that they're looking to see. Yeah, for, I didn't. I did not imagine several presentations necessarily. I meant when a presentation wasn't going on, or at least a large presentation, you would have more of a so main stage. Setup. So main main stage, and then I guess uh, all of the individual participants just uh, group up outside of that. 
Yeah, pretty much. Like you have this, the stage area and you have a table area and you can kind of mingle around is my thought. Scott, I know you've put a lot of work into the DEF CON work group and I'm sure that you have some thoughts on like uh, room alignment and, and topics. What, what are your thoughts on how you would uh, contribute to that? Um, <clears throat> I mean, it, it arguably really depends on the space size, which I haven't looked at the floor plan yet. Uh, I haven't checked Tiger to see if it's been posted there, but I know like an example that we've mentioned before in IRC is like, ideally it would be nice to have a space like uh, the crypto and privacy village has had in the past where you have potentially like the room effectively split in half. One room is kind of sheltered in terms of like audio from like this other sort of more social room. So you can still have talks and you can still have people working on, you know, puzzles or workshops or whatever. Um, so, I mean, it, we'll see, I guess, if people can maybe design something like that. But, um, yeah, I think as other people said, it's uh, basically, yeah, having basically spaces between talks and room for people to actually mess around. Because for me, at least, uh, I mean, you know, I can't obviously speak at Rod for, like, the hacker community. But I know, like, at my local... DEFCON group, um, like a lot of people tend to get excited about uh, workshops and being able to actually physically tinker around with, you know, this or that thing. So having potentially a more of an opportunity this year for people to do that with various aspects of the ecosystem, I think would be good. Uh, we have a question from chat about the uh, progress on Costello, our hardware wallet. Uh, does anybody know what the latest update on that is? Because I am really in the dark. If not, I can go and ping a couple channels and come back. So I do. And, um, and I don't. But I, I mostly do. Uh, so there are... A lot of conflicting no there are a lot of bad expectations about and i i know i keep saying i need to get this out and i really got to talk to parsev you know I've, we've written up a a big document that kind of talks about open hardware as a whole and monero's open hardware arm um, there's a lot of bad expectations about what the hardware project is going to accomplish and going to do as a result of how open hardware is kind of in the real world. Um, even though open hardware is kind of a subset of open source, it is drastically, drastically different. Um, there are some similarities, but there are a lot of really big differences in how open hardware works, functions, and all these all these different kinds of things. And the, this is the sphere that people like Purism and um, the, the other open source laptop that slips my mind that is... Um, Anyway, I'm not going to spend time trying to remember. Um, they are also in this space, and they are also you know, they they struggle with a lot of the things that open hardware does. The long and short of it is that the designing, the creation of the spec is not sourcing things, manufacturing things, especially at scale to get it to your local Walmart or anywhere, even just an, on an online store is a completely different animal than designing the hardware and making the hardware. So with open source software, usually if you can 
code the software, it's as easy as kind of putting it on a website or putting it on GitHub and people will be able to download and use it. Um, and that is not this anywhere close to being the same thing with open hardware, where um, once it's designed, even if it does what you want it to do, uh, it costs a lot of money to actually make a certain amount of these things, even a, a small amount of these things, actually, especially a small amount of these things, since you don't benefit from economies of scale to uh, to send them out to people. So the first misconception that a lot of people had was that the deliverable on the first hardware proposal was a spec and not a product. So there was no product that was going to be made and shipped somewhere. Um, it's, it was a, an open spec that you can kind of see and make it for yourself. Um, the deliverable on the second one is an enclosure um, where you know you can put your little hardware wallet inside of it and they designed a, an enclosure and that has actually been made and done even though I don't know if it's been paid out yet. So I understand the confusion that comes here with people because they think, okay, the first one was the spec. The second one was the enclosure. If you have kind of the, the plumbing and the thing that covers it, you should have a full hardware wallet, right? So like, isn't the, the next natural step, the hardware wallet? Um, the answer is no, because actually Costello is, is still being worked on and tinkered on by a couple of different people within the community, mostly um, I that I underscore a Aya, however you say it, um, and uh, Michael. But there's a few different versions that exist, you know, that use maybe this chip instead of that chip or these things. And so um, they're in terms of trying to get the people have different goals for the Monero hardware wallet as well. Like, should it be able to hold the the whole chain? Should it just be able? How should it connect to? Uh, excuse me. How should it connect to the the network? And so there's different implementations and even one that is being kind of redesigned just from scratch. And this is the thing with open hardware is that, you know, kind of moving forward on several different fronts so that one front may not move forward as quickly as people would like, because you have to see what is most plausible to begin with is um, is a thing that is often done. So an, an analogous way to do uh, to talk about this in regular open source terms i guess would be that if before you commit to ruby or javascript or c or c++ to make the full software in you start to build the skeleton in several different languages now if that sounds absurd to you it kind of is absurd on a software level because, well, first of all, a lot of open source is made because, well, I know how to make Python, so I'm going to write it in Python. Um, people that do know several languages do know that some languages do certain things better than others, so they might choose the best language for the job. Um, with hardware, because hardware is always shifting, hardware is shifting much more, it, it, it is in flux much more than um, software. So even though like Python and PHP and stuff, they have updates that do change them. Um, there's always a new chip coming out here or a, um, a new security element, secure element coming out here. And so really just because it is, it is so often in flux, it's like, well, it kind of makes sense to build out several skeletons to see which one works better than the others. And then once you have one that is kind of the way it's supposed to be, you can commit to that one. So even though the first proposal was completed and a, and a complete spec was provided, uh, in terms of Costello, there are still actually several versions that are continuing on at the same time. As an example, last I heard when I was in Germany for C3, 
um, there was a very exciting opportunity that there was a, uh, a company that was willing to do a no NDA on their new secure element. Um, and they were working with some of our guys. I don't know where we are on that because I haven't spoken to them since, but I probably should. Um, which, first of all, non-NDA. So, like when Ledger and and stuff, they they use secure elements, but they have they they the reason they're not completely open source is because those are usually under an NDA. It's quite rare to find uh, people that are not that won't require you to do an NDA. So there is there was an exciting opportunity to work with, and it's one that they should jump on. And even if it means taking a step back from other uh, versions that are currently moving forward, and so that way they can make a newer version or a different version with this. So I, I'm sorry if I'm rambling a little bit, but it's a very complicated topic, and it's not like talking about open source at all, um, open source software. Open source hardware is very different. So hopefully within this month, SGP, get on me for this. Keep poking me. Say, Diggle, get this thingy out. Um, we Yeah, we wrote up kind of this this big two, three-page document that people can look at to see the state of open hardware in general, the state of Monero's open hardware, and um, all those good things that people want to know about the, that and the Costello project and stuff. Yes, thanks, thanks, Diego. I think that would be really useful. Um, it would definitely help clear up a lot of those misconceptions. So I'll get on, I'll get on you for that. Okay, so we have less than five minutes left because the DEF CON work group is immediately after this, so we all have a hard stop. Are there any other last minute items that you, Diego or Scott, or I, I believe Doug ran away for a second, need to or would like to cover during this meeting? Not for me. Not too much? No. Um, I've got nothing to cover. <clears throat> cool. So there aren't too many other questions that came in. Um, and a lot of people thought it was interesting to have that hardware discussion because it's been a little silent to the outside world for some time. So definitely would be uh, useful. Okay. So with that, I would like to thank uh, Diego. I'd like to thank Scott. I'd like to thank Doug for joining me today in this month's coffee chat. I appreciate that everyone was able to join and watch uh, us talk. And hopefully we were able to answer your questions. Um, if you are interested in the DEF CON planning, go in the Monero-Community Free Node IRC channel. Otherwise, uh, thanks for thanks for coming, thanks for yeah. joining us. Oh, Thank question. You, well, uh, saying was that in relation to the question, Doug? Uh, no, no, threes? just uh, just thank you for uh, having us on. Okay. So we had one last question that came in: When next code freeze? Uh, yeah, the Monero 0.14.1 has been kind of in the making for the last two months and we really need to get it out there. So I unfortunately don't have a great date for you. I would push the people in the Monero dev chat for uh, to, to finally tag the release. There are some other things that need to go in. In relation to RandomX, they're still making some, I saw that Tevador made a, a small spec update. I don't know if they've committed. I know they intended for uh, the code freeze to happen. I'm not sure what news is there. So I ho had hoped we would have a HYC on today so that we could talk a little bit more about that. But uh, I think it's getting closer. I haven't seen any code changes up to like very recently. I've only seen really small spec tweaks. So hopefully they're about ready. But I don't. I, I can't specifically speak to that, unfortunately. All right. With that, thank you everyone for joining us today. Hopefully we were able to answer your, all the questions that you had. And um, have a great rest of your day. Have a good Take Saturday, care. everybody.